Wave Mile. Welcome to Life in the Word. With Apostle Bright, Onokar. Why don't you welcome somebody close to you and say, good to see you. You're welcome this morning to church. Great to see you this morning. Ask them about their week. Come on, take a minute and just ask them. Hope you had a great week. Hope things went well last week. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't be done now. And now prophesy to them. This week will be good for you. You'll have a better week this week. In the name of Jesus. Come on, clap your hands now. Give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. So good to see you this morning. You're welcome to church. In Jesus' name. We're going to go straight to God's word right now. I go to our text, Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 6. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are still looking at the rewarding power of diligence. Rewarding power of diligence. And we started that about three weeks ago now. We've been seeing uh, how God is leading us. One of the first things that we establish is that God is a rewarder. God rewards people. He rewards his people. And he said to Abraham, he said, I am a rewarder. Uh, I am your reward and your exceedingly, your, your shield and your exceedingly great reward. In other words, I reward those who serve me. We saw that in the first week and last week we were looking at why you shouldn't give up in diligence. You now we said diligence means continuing to do what you are doing excellently and continue to do it without giving up. Praise God. Doing something continuously and doing it very well. And we said the reason why you can't give up because your future is better than your now. And if you give up now, you will not enjoy the things that are in your future. God has so much in stock for you that you have not encountered yet. And you might have challenges now that look like they're about to stop you, discouraging you, making you feel like life is not worth living, and making you feel like serving God is a burden. You must understand that God says he has taught towards you, taught to prosper you and not to harm you, and to give you a future that is filled with hope. I would say another reason why you shouldn't give up is the fact that, you know, what you are doing now is generational. You are not only the one that will reap the blessing. Even your children will reap the blessing of what you are doing now. God's promise to David was that because you have said me, your son will sit on your throne. And God always blesses us beyond our own self and goes into our generation. Because God is a generational God. Hallelujah. He always blesses in generation. Glory to God in the highest. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, quickly, we want to look at some areas this morning that we have to keep being diligent or some areas that we have to continue in our service with the Lord. And that's what we're going to be looking tonight, uh, this morning, rather. But let's look at our text again, Hebrews 11, verse number 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh come to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That without faith, it is hard to please God. Because anyone who comes to God must first of all believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who diligently, seriously seek him. Those who search for him will be whole of their heart. Somebody say, praise the Lord. 
So we are dealing with that diligence and how we're going to continue. We start, last week we read Romans chapter number 12, verse 12. I'd like us to pick it there because we're going to pick our first point there this morning. It says that rejoicing in hope, patience in what? Tribulation, continuing instant in what? Prayer. So he says to us, we rejoice in hope. When you are looking at the future, when you haven't seen what you are waiting for, but God says, keep being happy because it will surely come to pass. Because God's plan will come to pass for you. Hallelujah. So he says, rejoicing in hope. Just keep your hope going. Don't throw the hope away. Sometimes hope may be, you know, the Bible says, uh, um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, when your hope seemed to be postponed, it didn't happen when you thought it was going to happen. It seemed like it was closed and about to happen and it didn't happen. You know, it can make your heart feel sick. But God says, don't feel sick. Keep rejoicing in hope. And he says, be patient in tribulation. Patience when things are not going well with you. Just be patient because it's only a season. Hallelujah. You know, some of us, we don't like winter, but we are just patient. Why? Because we know summer is coming. Praise God. So God says, be patient in tribulation. It doesn't seem to be working right right now. Just be patient. Just be patient. Somebody, you are going to share a testimony soon. Yeah, you're going to share a testimony. That's a, that's a word of prophecy for you. So be patient. Don't give up yet. You are too close now to give up. You are too, the effort you have made already is greater than the effort you are going to put in. You have done the hard part of the job. So now that it's just a little part that is left, don't give up yet. Don't lose your miracle. Hallelujah. Many times people turn back just at the verge of a breakthrough. When it was just about the time that God was going to release his blessing on them, they just give up because if I can't wait anymore. Jesus will always say, he that endured to the end, the same shall be saved. Somebody say, I'm waiting because my miracle will come. Okay, so where we go, the last one now says continuing instant in prayer. Hallelujah. Continuing instant in prayer. Instant may be fervent there. Continuing in prayer. Fervently in prayer. In other words, the first place we need to be diligent and continue and not give up is in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer is something that we must do. Jesus, in his own world, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, says, Men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to give up. He says, We must continue in prayer. Why do we need to continue in prayer? Because it is through prayer you overcome adversity, you, you overcome the enemy, you overcome challenges, you overcome difficulty. Now, the Bible will always tell us, looking unto Jesus, the author, and finish off our faith simply means that let's look at Jesus and learn from his life. The Bible tells us that Jesus, before he began his ministry, went to pray. Throughout his ministry, was praying. Before he would go to the cross, he prayed. Are you following me? So he started in prayer, he ended in prayer. So the Bible says we must continue fervently in prayer. We don't give up in prayer because the enemy wants you to stop in prayer. Because when you stop praying, you know, your answer may never be manifested. Not because God has not given it, but just because you didn't wait enough. Now, if you know the story of Daniel, who God answered the first day, it took him 21 days before he saw the manifestation. Now, it wasn't because God was delaying, but because there were challenges I needed to overcome. Now, if he gave up the first day, he wouldn't see God. 
But he continued praying. And the Bible says an angel came and said, from the very first day you began praying, your prayers were heard. God answered you. But you had to continue because there was a prince of Persia, there was a demonic force who wants to stop you from receiving what God says is yours. You will receive what is yours. In the name of Jesus. So you wouldn't give up in prayer. You are going to keep praying. You are going to keep praying. And that simply means you pray on your own. You pray in the prayer meetings. You come for prayer. Oh, we had a wonderful time Friday night. Hallelujah. How many of you were blessed last Friday? Jesus, we give you the glory. It was an awesome time. because It was a, a night of prayer. And God visited us. Hallelujah. So it says continuing in prayer. Don't give up. Don't come to a point where you tell yourself, well, what's the need to go to prayer? I prayed the last time. This ended. Well, I'm not going to go. No, you don't know. Maybe that was your day. Isn't it? Because sometimes your day of visitation is the day that the enemy really fights you. Now, not that he knows it's your visitation, but he senses that something's going to happen. And because he senses that something good is about to happen, he just stands against you. And you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. So we continue in prayer and the next thing we continue in the reading, studying, meditating and confessing of God's word. Hallelujah. We continue in the reading, in the studying, in the meditating and the confessing of God's word. Now because God's word is in levels to where we assess or assimilate God's word is in levels. The first level is reading. Just reading of the scriptures. Just getting head knowledge. Hallelujah. The book, of, the book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 3 tells us there is a blessing for those who read the Holy Scripture. Say, blessed is he that what? Read it and that what? Hear the word of this prophecy. The prophecy in the word of God in the book, in the, in the, in, in the scriptures. So every time you are reading the word of God, there is a blessing on you. So diligence is making sure that you are reading or you are hearing. We have audio tapes now, audio Bible, that you can just play. Okay. So the Bible says there is a blessing in you. So we continue in reading. You don't give up. On a daily basis, you make sure that the scripture gets into you. It says to Joshua the same thing. This book of the law shall not depart, but you shall meditate on it what? Day and night. You got to continue in the word. Because if you don't continue in the word, what happens after a while, your life will be filled with other things. And when there are challenges, there is no world in you to confront it. You know, there are things that happen to us that as soon as it happens, a word from the Lord comes from within us. And that word is like a shield. And stops what the enemy is doing. But if you don't read the word, the word is not in you. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will remind us of the words of Jesus. But it got to remind you only if you have read it. Isn't it? I know there are times when by divine revelation he can give you a scripture you never read before. You never really know. But when that happens, you still need to go back to the world to find out actually is there a scripture like this? If you know what I'm talking about. There are times the Holy Spirit just drops a word and you're like, I've never heard that before. And you find that actually it's a word from the Bible that I was talking to you about. But if you've read it, you connect immediately. 
Hallelujah. So there is a reading and there is also the studying. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 talks about study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. The difference between reading and studying is that study goes a bit deeper to understand. Reading may just be for information. Studying is that you are not trying to understand what is being said. So, for example, you read about healing, but now you want to study the scripture about healing. What does God say or what is God's opinion about healing? Are there things in the Bible that talks about healing? Are there things that talk about why people fall sick? Are there words we can read to recover from sickness? So, you begin to study that. That takes you beyond just reading one but now you are beginning to look at scripture deeper. That's what is called study. And the Bible tells us that when you study, what happens is that God is the one that marks. You show yourself approved unto God as a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Praise the Lord. So we continue in reading, we continue in studying the word of God, and we continue in meditating in the word of God. In meditating because meditating is where we assimilate what we have studied so Joshua 1 8 that we talked about the Bible says this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate during day and night since when you do that you make your way what prosperous and you shall find good success Hallelujah. So there is the aspect of meditating now the best way that uh, uh, some people have described meditation is like when uh, animals, uh, especially uh, animals that feed on grass and things like that, they, they eat the grass through the day and keep some of them, my Greek people will know better about that, they keep some of them just hidden in their mouth and they have a way they keep it, but in the evening they, they just feel themselves, so in the evening when they don't want to go out to eat they just bring the ones that they have not eaten and they begin to chew it and it says that shooing is what is, is what is referred to as meditation. Some people describe it that way. Now, some other people would describe it as when you take a solid food, let's say you take meat, okay, and you begin to shoo your meat so in your mouth and you break it to little pieces, little pieces until it begins to get into your system so it can be digested. So meditating in the word of God is taking a scripture and just staying on the scripture reading it over and over again sometimes another set of people will describe meditation as just simply uh, reciting underneath your breath in other words you're just going to say Lord is my shepherd Lord is my shepherd what you are doing did you hear what I was saying so what you are doing is you are taking the scripture into you and it's sinking inside of you and all of a sudden it becomes part of you. Oh, hallelujah. And that is when the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when you take the word of God like that, it becomes part of you. Even in your sleep, you rise up. Even in your dream, the word will come. You are sleeping, but your spirit man can fight. Why? Because it has entered into you. So the Bible says we must continue. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. 
when we continue in meditation and we continue in confession or in confessing or professing the word of God. You can't keep silent, people of God. You must speak God's word. You must speak God's word. The only thing the devil is afraid of is the word of God. He's not afraid of what you think or your theory, but he's afraid of the word of God. It drives the enemy. In fact, the Bible calls it the sword of the spirit. Every time you release it, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 10 verse 8 that the word is ninety and in your mouth. Hallelujah. But what said that the word is ninety even in thy mouth and in thy heart? That is the word of faith which we preach. Say the word is in your mouth. You got to speak it. The Bible says he has said so we will boldly say. What does it mean? It simply means that when you've received the word of God, you read it, you've meditated on it, or you studied it, you meditate on it, you begin to confess it. You begin to say those things that you have seen in scripture. That is where the victory comes. When you are confronted, you know what to say. When you hear something from the enemy, another word comes out and you say that one. Oh, hallelujah. You know, when, when, I, when I shared my testimony with you uh, about uh, years ago when I was shot uh, by Am Roberts, and, you know, as soon as I was hit, without thinking it, the word of God just came in my spirit. And what I declared was that, Thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to see corruption. None of his bones shall be broken. Now, that is a word in scripture about Jesus Christ. But the Holy Ghost brought it and it became a confession immediately. And guess what? When we went and the doctors, they did every x-ray, they checked everything. With all the blood they were seeing, no bone was touched. Every bone was intact. Nothing was wrong. Apart from the blood that was just pouring out, that was the only thing. And guess what? In fact, with the blood that I've lost, when they went to do the blood test, what the doctor came to tell me was that the way you are right now, you can still donate blood. That's what he said. Even with the blood. So there was no blood transfusion. In fact, he said you can even still give blood. Why? The word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. So the Bible says we must continue in this. You must continue speaking the word because Satan doesn't want you to be bold in declaring God's word. He will intimidate you with your life's experience. He will intimidate you with what you are going through. He will intimidate you with what will happen that you almost tell yourself, is this word really true? Is it really working? No, you got to keep speaking it. Keep speaking. Don't keep quiet. You haven't seen what you are waiting for. Don't you want to see it? You haven't seen it, but don't you want to see it? You want to see it, I believe. And if you want to see it, then keep fighting. Keep declaring God's word that you see victory in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I'll see what I'm praying for. I'll see what I'm believing for. I'll see what I'm confessing in Jesus' name. And we continue also in service to God. We continue in our service in our work for God. We continue in prayer. We continue in study. We continue in service to God. We continue in doing what is right before God. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 tells us this. In Galatians 6 9, the word of God tells us, and let us not be weary in when doing, for in due season we shall reap. If we do what? 
Faith not means if we don't give up. Any tip, please, if you can help us, let's exchange that. Faith not simply means if you don't give up, you'll get your reward. So we must not grow weary in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not give up. There is always a season of reward with God. There's always a season. God will never leave you without rewarding you. But he says you got to continue because your season is coming. For somebody, your season is now. In the name of Jesus, your season of reward is now. So he says, keep doing what you are doing. Keep doing good. Keep serving God. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Keep doing what God has called you to do. You know the assignment upon your life. What God has said, this is your duty. If you are called to serve in the house of God, serve. As a pastor, serve. As a leader, serve. As a church worker, serve. Whatever you God has called you to do, serve. In a, you know, we're out in evangelism yesterday, and it was glorious. The, the turnout was awesome. We had a lot of people came and called me. God will reward you. I know you are blessed already. I think that's one of our most attended evangelism. I think Chukuma agreed with me on that. Had a wonderful time, and not just the attendance, the response was beautiful. How many of you had good response? It was awesome. People giving their life to Christ on the street. I led a lady to Christ on the street there, and she was so excited to receive the gospel. It didn't even take five minutes. I mean, she was rejoicing and laughing and everything, and other people were having the same experiences. It was an awesome time. But the good thing is that we are blessed for doing that. And there is a reward. So keep doing it. Don't give up. It is your service. There is a reward for it. There is reward for serving God. You see, one of the rewards of serving God, we looked at it years before, the time passed, is that serving God keeps you in health. That's one of the benefits. Keeps you in health. Always healthy. Always he says, and you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and water and he will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Serving God keeps you in health, makes you healthy. So even when the enemy comes to attack your health, all of a sudden God fights for you. You stand and you say, get out, devil. You see, some of the reasons why we are not sick every now and then and running out is because of service. God knows that I have to come and preach here. Do you know that it is not, it's not very common for pastors to be sick? You know it's not common. I'm not saying pastors don't fall sick. I'm not saying that. Don't quote me wrong. But do, have you not noticed that it's not very common? Why? Because they're in service. And one of the benefits of service is serving God. Have you not also noticed most church workers who are active don't fall sick? Have you not noticed that? That those who are really serving God, it is hard. I'm not saying they don't fall sick. But it's not a common occurrence. But even when they fall sick, God heals them. Do you know what people are suffering out there in the world? I see people sometimes, and when I see what they are going through, it's like, Jesus, I wish they would just know you. I wish they would just come to you and get this devil out of their life. Satan is also attacking me. Even when Satan comes against God's people, Bam! God fights. Do you not hear Dickens' testimony on Sunday? With everything, with nobody there, God came. 
That's what God does. It is one of the most important uh, benefits of service. Serving God keeps you strong, keeps you going. Keeps you, why? Because you got to preach. I have to be here this morning to preach. So there's no devil in hell that can say you cannot. No, it's not, you know, you can't, you can't do it. Why? Because I have a responsibility. But do you know that if I don't do my responsibility, I'm on my own. So I'm just saying to you that there is benefit and God, hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. So in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, the Lord now encourages us through his word and says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, my sisters, brethren means brothers and sisters, be ye what? Steadfast. What? Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that what? Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Announcing again that there is reward. It's not in vain. And that your labor is not in vain. Can you change the version for us again? NET, NLT, just something else. Let's read it another scripture. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Media, did you hear me? Yeah. It says, So then, dear brothers and sisters, be what? Firm. Do not be what? Moved. Always be outstanding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. In the Lord. I like to read it again in the good news. Come, just change scriptures for me. Good news, Bible in basic English. Just want to drive this home. Come on. Just change it to another thing. Media, you are blessed. I'm sure you have so many. So then, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and what? Steady. Keep what? Busy always in your work for the Lord. Since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever useless. You think you are wasting your time? He says, no, it's not useless. You think you are giving your money for nothing? He says, no, it's not useless. You are wasting your energy? No. When you are doing it, he knows, he said, your reward. And guess what? This reward is generational. It's general. And that's one of the things I want you to get from God. He always looks beyond you to your generation. That's how God says so, so understand that. And if you understand it, you will look for where to serve God. You will not give excuse why you cannot serve God. You will not make any, you will look for an opportunity to whatever because you understand. Now, listen, listen. The Bible tells us in Corinthians that those who run, many of them do it to obtain a corruptible crown. He says, but us, what we are doing is for an incorruptible crown that abides forever. In other words, everybody who is competing or doing anything in this world, they are all doing it to obtain a physical reward that is perishable, that will not last forever, that cannot be generational. Are you following me? He says, but what we are doing for the Lord in service to God, if you are serving God, he says it is generational. It is incorruptible. It's a reward that you will have not just here, but also in heaven. Now, if you understand that, I think you will have more respect for the one you do for God than anything you do for yourself. How do you agree with me? Because you know that this one has a reward that will surpass even my existence here. That in eternity I have reward. 
And that is why in the house of God, find something to do. And also, I, can I also push it a little further to say that service to God is also in your place of work. So you don't think it's only church and when you go out to work in your company, you misbehave. No. That is also service. You are serving God in that capacity. And God put you, and when you do it well, God will bless you. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it at unto the Lord and not unto man. For you serve the Lord Christ. So when you are going there to work, don't just collect the salary. Do the job well. Do it to the glory of God. Do it so that you will stand out and say, ah, this one. Don't do it so that they will say, ah, and he says it's a Christian. Always coming late to work. Always. Are you following what I'm saying? So there must be a testimony of your life, the way you do your work, to bring glory to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Now we also continue in our character transformation. So while we continue in prayer, we continue in study of the word, reading of the word, meditation of the word, and uh, confessing the word, continue in service to God, in serving God. We, don't do we also continue in our character transformation because one of the things that God does is that he works in us not only for us because many times we want him to work for us we are wanting a miracle we want to break through but you must understand that there is also diligence in character transformation the Bible says in Romans chapter number uh, uh, 12 I think let's read 1 and 2 okay it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present what? Your bodies, what? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is what? Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So it says, We must present our body. There must be continuous character transformation. So you don't become a Christian and your character does not transform. Because one of the things that the power of God does in us is to transform us from within. So if there's a character flaw that we are not happy with or we know God's word is not happy with or God is not pleased with, we come before him and say, Father, transform me in this area. Hallelujah. There has to be that continuous transformation to get to the next level of our life. And many times when God, I believe that, and I've seen that, when God is taking us through things that we have not yet overcome and keeping us and holding us in the place where we have not seen a miracle, is actually trying to transform our character. How many of you know success can destroy you? One of the great destroyers is not when you are not successful, it's success. It destroys, destroyed a lot of people. And that is why God sometimes will hold back because if he gives you now, you might not understand how to maintain it. It was too heavy. Jesus spoke a parable and talked about two sets of people, okay, who built houses. He says one built upon the sand, one built upon the rock. And it says the difference between them is that the one hears his word and practices it. In other words, the word is actually making, taking, uh, making changes or there's effect of the word in their life. The other one just hears and hears and hears and hears and nothing is happening. 
There are people who just keep hearing, 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 hearing. They like to hear what they hear. Now, that's not bad in itself. But if it doesn't transform and it's just hearing, then you are on a very sinking sand. That's what Jesus said. And he said, in both houses, the storm came, the flood came, the rain came, and beat against the house. One fell, one was standing. And one of the things I say whenever I read that scripture is that you must understand the Bible uses rain as blessing in scripture. When the Bible speaks about rain, it talks about blessing. And it says when blessing beat against the house, the house fell. How can the blessing of God become the undoing of a man when he's not transformed? So we must understand that there is something about being transformed and not just hearing the word. The Bible says hearers are not justified but the doers of the word. They are the ones who are justified before God. Now, one of the danger of being a Christian, especially being a Christian for a long time, is that if you are not very careful, you become very opinionated. You have opinions about everything, but you are not active in anything. Evangelism, you will not come. But you have opinion about it. Prayer, you will not be there. But you have opinion about it. Giving, you have opinion about it, but you will not give no, you come, that's one of the dangers because when you've been in church for a while if transformation is not continuing, what happens is that you become so stale have you not seen a lot of people who were in church before they are now the ones that are fighting church have you not seen that because transformation did not continue they had the word of God and the word of God was there and after a while they begin to have opinions, opinions, now you see one of the things about growing in God is that um as you grow in God, one of the things that happens is that you get to a stage of growth in your walk with God that you question what you have believed. I don't know if you understand what I just said. No. It's a stage of growth in God. There is a stage of growth when you are growing in God, you believe everything you hear. You understand what I mean? Anything you are told. In fact, once you are just saved, anything they tell you, you believe it. You know what I'm talking about? As soon, in fact, as a pastor is preaching, you take it as it's, it's God that is talking to you. After all, that's how it was for me. When the pastor is talking, it's like God is talking to me. Everything he says is God. No question, no nothing, it's just God. Now, but as you begin to be in church, as you grow, now, and not it's a stage of growth, but it can destroy you, continue growing, depend on you. You come to a point where you now have opinion. And you question what he said. It's not because when you question it, you are wrong. It's that your mind is trying to understand what you have believed now. Is this? I hope I'm communicating well. So when you hear something, your mind is questioning because you are growing in God. Now, the sad side of that experience is that that is where some people turn out of faith. But that is where some people get deeper in God. Because now, those who didn't turn out of faith, what they believe, they know why they believe it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know why you believe what you believe now. You have questioned your own belief, questioned your own thoughts, questioned it, and you've come to a point in God and say, Nah, I know. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, but for some who will not grow, is that when they begin to question, they enter into a negative channel and instead of learning more 
and moving to the next level of growth in God, they kind of question everything and they're like, oh, it's a lie. No, it's not a lie. You missed it. So you got to be careful that you don't get too opinionated and have opinions, opinions, opinions and not being transformed. I don't know if this is, <laughs> this is a bit, I, is this making sense to you? I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you see, you see, questioning God is not necessarily a sin. Are you following me? I'm trying to get this home so you don't get, get the wrong message. You understand what I'm talking about? There are people who have come to God and say, um, Lord, why? Somebody say hallelujah. I think I'm going a bit too far than, than, than I, I, I plan to go. But what I'm saying to you in this is that when you begin to question your faith, okay, it's not like you have backslidden. It's not like it is wrong. But it is a level of growth that you are getting into that should lead you to a better level of understanding of your faith. I remember a brother, you know, Subai, when he came. I mean, remember him? Oh, my God, I love that brother. Fire. You know, there are people who pass through, you never forget them. He was one of those. Fire of God. He only stayed there for like two years with us. You know, but he was on fire. He came with fire. You will know that he carried fire. If you come across him, you know he carried fire. You know, and he was on all through before he left but guess what when he left he wrote me a very long email and he said to me he said before I came I believed but I didn't know why I believed what I believed he said but by the time I finished from this place I now understood better what I believed and I knew what he was talking about because for some of us we have believed everything we were told but it has never been challenged because you were in an environment where what you say was never challenged. You say, you know, <laughs> when I came, when I came newly, I was in the union doing my master's then. I met a guy, one of my classmates, he was from uh, uh, India. He's a, he's a Sikh. He's a Sikh from the Sikh religion. So I was talking to him about Jesus. I said, Jesus died for our sin. And he said to me, he said, their religion, not only one person died. A lot of people died because of the religion. So where are you going from there? You said one man died for that. He's telling you that a lot of people have died in their religion. Are you understand what I'm saying? So when you when you go through processes like that, that what you have believed that have never been challenged is not. Ooh, is this? Are, are you following this? What you nobody has ever challenged now. You came for a place where everybody believes in God. In fact, even those that don't go to church, they know Jesus. Then you come to a place and you say, Jesus, say, who is Jesus? In fact, somebody said to me, say, Oh, the one that steal and give to the poor. Because as far as God is Robin Hood, I was talking about. I'm here, I'm here. Who is Jesus? And you try to explain Jesus. And they tell you, no, I, I don't believe in God. God doesn't exist. When you came from, everybody believed there is God. So you never had the question that God never exists. So now, how do you confront a man who is coming with some evidence to say there is no God? 
making sense? So you come to a point in your growth in God, in your development in God, that you question what you believe. And when you question it, when you finish through, you will find answers for what you believe. So when you come out of that stage of growth, you enter another stage of growth that you are now an authority. So when you are confronted with anything, you will say, I know whom I have believed. Oh, hallelujah. Does this, does this make sense to you? Thomas said, if I don't see him and took my hand in the place when, when <laughs> thank you <laughs> I forget we need to transform ourselves it's part of the transformation I'm talking about I use the word that we use back home so <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I put my hand in the hole of his hand when he said he was nailed if I don't see him and put my hand there and feel it I'm not going to believe that he died you said the man I saw that they nailed that was dead they brought him dead. That I knew when they took him to and sealed him. You say he's alive. Uh, he's alive. You all saw him. Uh, you saw him now. I want to see him too. Now, when Jesus came, Jesus showed him and said, Yeah, yeah, come on, Philip. It's real. I want to clear your doubts. But it's better to believe without seeing. Because we walk by faith. And not by sight. Somebody say hallelujah. So that transformation that takes place in us, we get better in God, we get deeper in God. But you must do it in such a way that while you are doing that, you are not leaving God. You are getting deeper in God. Somebody say hallelujah. How have you have come to this place and your faith was, was challenged? Oh, if you have not been challenged, it means you are not going out. You are not doing evangelism. You are not meeting people. Oh, yeah. And it's part of your Christian work. It's part of your Christian work. There are people you will meet when you go out there, they will just bring out one scripture and show you and say, explain that one. You've never thought about it before. And you've been reading it and all of a sudden it's like, this is this Bible? Oh, because you have never been challenged. But when the man who is in God sees that, you go back home and you go to that scripture. And you go and say, Father, this thing, there must be an answer. You are fighting from the standpoint of I am with God rather than against God. Do you understand what I mean? So you are looking for, that's what the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. You are not looking for evidence to confront your position. Not evidence to fight God. So when they give you that, they gave you that because they want you to fight God. Eh, I don't want to take you in that journey. I think you've heard enough on that today. Somebody say hallelujah. So when we talk about transformation, the Bible shows us some areas of character transformation in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. Let's quickly read that. And uh, perhaps maybe I don't know, we can touch the other side, but we'll just go. 2 Peter 1, it says, And beside this, giving all what? Diligence, so making every effort. Okay, give me the entity because we are talking about continuing in transformation now. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith what excellence. Let that be excellence, transformation. If you were not excellent before, become excellent. You were not doing things better before, do it better now. 
bring a class of excellence to everything you do that people will notice a difference because you brought excellence to it if you have not yet given your life to god we suggest you pray the following prayer to accept christ as your savior lord jesus christ i am sorry for the things i have done wrong in my life i ask your forgiveness and now turn from everything which i know is wrong thank you for dying on the cross for me to set me free from my sins please come into my life and fill me with your holy spirit and be with me forever thank you lord jesus amen thank you for listening to this radio program if this week's teaching has impacted your life we would like to hear from you please reach us via our email address radio at cityofgoduk.org or our social media outlets facebook city of god christian center newcastle instagram cog christian center and twitter city of god cc please keep a date with us same time same station god bless you Welcome to Life in the Word with Apostle Bright Onokar. Just before you take your seat, we are going to pray for some people tonight. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Say, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. In other words, Satan decided to anoint some people in church. Mm. In other words, to make them feel uncomfortable, to make them feel disappointed, to make them feel discouraged. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now we're going to pray tonight for our brothers and sisters. Some of them are not here tonight. Anyway, Satan has vexed anyone. We want to take authority over that devil and release God's people from their hand. In the name of Jesus. Can you lift your voice with me and begin to pray for your brother? Pray for your sister and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bind every spirit of the enemy. Lord, vexing God's people this season, we arrest that devil of darkness. In the name of Jesus, I will begin to release God's people from the captivity of hell. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Lift them up before the Lord. We drive the enemy from their life. We command you, Satan, take your hands off God's people. Whatever you have used as a weapon to settle God's people, to vex them through sickness, through disease, through offense, through discouragement and disappointment, we come against it in the name of Jesus. We destroy it tonight. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Now let's begin to declare over the people of God and say, Father, we release your peace. Peace upon every life. We say, let the people of God be settled. We command every storm to become a calm. Every storm in the life of God's people, we say, become a calm in the name of Jesus. We rebuke every evil wind. We declare the peace of God, the peace of God, the peace of God. Susie, over every life, over every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, we declare the peace of God. Peace within their brothers. Shale in Jesus' precious name. Let's go ahead and appreciate the Lord. Clap your hands and give God praise. Thank you for answers to prayer tonight. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, shout amen. Clap your hands. Give God praise. You are welcome tonight. Welcome somebody beside you and say you are welcome. Good to see you in power night. Tonight, God will visit you. Prophesy to them. Say, God will visit you. It's a new dawn for you. In the name of Jesus. If they are not prophesying to you, turn to the one that will prophesy to you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. You know, it's very good to learn to prophesy. Amen. Said to Ezekiel, prophesy to these dry bones. You got to speak. Hallelujah. Don't speak what you are saying. Speak what you want to see. Hallelujah. We don't prophesy what we see. We prophesy what we want to see. Say in the name of Jesus. I prophesy. Today is a new day for me. In Jesus name. A day of grace. A day of victory. A day of glory. In Jesus name. If you believe that child, amen. Oh, you didn't sound like you believe that. If you believe that child, amen. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. Now, very quickly, we're going to go into God's word and we'll take the communion. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me tonight to Luke chapter number 7. Glory to God in the highest. Awesome is our God. Glory to his mighty name. Luke chapter number 7, we're going to read from verse 11 to 17. It says, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Hallelujah. Now when he came nigh or he came near to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out the only son of his mother and she was a widow and much people of the city was with her and the Lord saw her he had compassion or when the Lord saw her he had compassion on her and said unto her weep not you don't tell somebody who has lost somebody weep not but he says weep not so don't cry looks bad but don't cry and he came and touched the bride or the coffin and they that bear him stood still and he said young man I say unto thee arise you know Jesus said one he says the time is coming where the dead will hear the voice of the son of God 
and they that hear it shall live. Uh -uh. Pastor Ken taught us on Wednesday that Lazarus went to heaven and he still have brain. The dead still hears. Igabosa. It says, and he that was dead sat up and began to speak and he delivered him to his mother. Tell your neighbor you have not lost it. You have not lost it. Ah, that's a prophetic word. Say, you have not lost it. It's coming back to you in the name of Jesus. Ah, is there somebody with faith here tonight? I say, it's coming back to you. You have not lost it in the name of Jesus. It says, and there came fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen among us, and that God had visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you because you're already here. Thank you because you are already blessing us thank you because you have given us victory already thank you because i see the dawning of a new day for that man for that woman in the name of jesus we give you the praise as we go through your word spirit of god our hearts are open impact our life let chains be broken let freedom come oh let jesus be glorified thank you precious lord in Jesus name say the Lord will visit me tonight the Lord will visit me tonight it says the Lord has visited the people or his people that was what they said when everything was done he said God visited when you go home tonight you will say God visited me I had an encounter God came to me tonight Hallelujah. Now, very quickly, let's run through this uh, 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 narrative or this account of this woman and Jesus and just speak out what the Spirit of God will speak to us tonight. Wherever you are, I'd like you to listen very carefully because the world is coming into your spirit. In the name of Jesus. The Bible said Jesus went to a city that was called Name. Now, when I check the, the meaning of the word Name, it means beauty. And it just kind of brought back to me the get beautiful. Why is it that something that is beautiful is giving bad order? The smile from the city when Jesus was going was dead. Now, the name of the city is beauty, but the Bible tells us that when Jesus got there, as he got to the gate of the city, a woman who lost the son was coming with the son with a crowd of people to be buried. Now, that doesn't sound like beauty. Now, if you are going to relocate to a city and the first thing you meet in the city is burial ceremony, I think you will think twice. Am I sure I made the right decision? That this is what is waiting for me? But that was the case of the city. Now, it does not reflect the name that he carried. The story of the man at the gate beautiful was that he was sitting by the gate that is called beautiful, yet he was crippled. Now, standing by or sitting by the gate, but never entering the place that is beautiful. Now, there are many times where people carry grace, they carry beauty, but it doesn't show. And you are wondering, now, your life does not reflect what you are. Your life, what is given, is not what you are supposed to be.
Because what God has called you and what you are named is not what you are saying. And that was the case of this woman. And the Bible tells us Jesus for some reason. You know, one time I talked about this story and I call it divine visitation. You know, if you remember when I talked about divine visitation. When God just comes on his own without you doing anything about it. Now, this woman for some reason was just going to bury the son about the time Jesus was entering the city. You think it's coincident? No, it was divine visitation. God is visiting you tonight. The fact that you made it tonight, there is a visitation for you. In the name of Jesus. Now the Bible tells us that Jesus met them. And the Bible, and this is another thing I wanted to say about this woman was that the Bible says a lot of people from the city was going with her because she was a widow. And this was her only son. Sometimes, you see, Satan doesn't stop. And that's why the Bible says, give no place to the devil. When the husband died, maybe she felt, well, it's okay, I still have a son. But I didn't know that the devil would come for the son. You don't give him one single place. The Bible said, give him no place. If he brought headache, fight that headache. Because if you settle for headache, it's coming with something else. So don't give him any place. And you know, sometimes it's very pathetic because you can have a lot of people around you but nobody can meet your need. The fact that there was a large crowd of people following this woman did not mean that they can solve a problem. Now, there are problems that are in the life of people that it takes only Jesus to solve. It doesn't matter the crowd of people, the friends you have, the people who sympathize. Now, guess what? These people following this woman, some of them were willing. How many of you know? They felt for her. Ah, she's lost her husband. And now, the only son? Ah, what kind of wickedness is this? What did she do? Why is she going through this? Why is her life like this? Why does it seem like evil just keep happening to her? What the, but they couldn't help. But thank God Jesus can help. Jesus will help you tonight. What man cannot do for you, he will do for you. And that is why you don't get discouraged because with him there is nothing impossible. There is nothing he cannot do. And the good news is Jesus still does good. The Bible says the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. He has not lost his power. He is still compassionate. He is still powerful. Somebody say hallelujah. Now I'm sure that many people among the crowd that was going with this woman will begin to wonder what, what really has she done? And I'm sure some people will be convinced that I don't think she's innocent. Perhaps, maybe she's even the one killing them. You know, the where we come from, it's always your mother or your uncle. <laughs> there must be somebody that is responsible. However, the Bible doesn't tell us that in every case that there's somebody responsible. Now, there are cases where there is nothing you have done. One time in John 9, the Bible tells us the disciples of Jesus saw a man that was born blind. And what they said was that, who did sin? Because for them, now, nah, this theology question, we have to solve it today. Because they've always thought that people suffer for the things they do. 
But on this occasion, this man was born blind. So how can he be blind? Because he has not done anything. So it cannot be that he has done something. So they took it to the parents. So who did it? Himself or the parents? Then Jesus said, neither. Neither, but he was blind. He says, but that That's what he said. Jesus answered, he said, neither had this man seen, nor what? His parents, but what? The works of God should be made manifest in him. Somebody, God is about to do something for you. God is about to walk in your life. God is about to show his glory through you. God is about to bring you out of that predicament. In the name of Jesus, if you believe, shout amen. Now, you know, the next thing Jesus said, and this is Jesus, I'd like you to see this. Give me verse 4 because this is important. The next thing, after he said that, immediately he said, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can walk. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Keep going. When he had tossed what? Spoken. He spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the man, a blind man with what? Clay. And said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Salem, which it be interpreted, said, He went his way, therefore, and washed and came back. See, now see this. This is what I want to say. This is the reason I read this was this. Jesus says, My work is to give solution. That's what he was saying. This man was born blind. Everybody said, What's the problem? He said, No, no, I came to do this one. He came for you tonight. Ah, you don't catch it. He came to visit you tonight. He came because of you tonight. He came to put an end to that devil's work in your life. In the name of Jesus. Hear what he said. The disciples were asking, who is making him see? Why, why, why is this man like this? Is he his sin? Is he his, his, his parents sin? Jesus says, neither. But the next thing he says, he says, I have to walk the walk that he has sent me. And the Bible says, because I am here, I am the light. Immediately he took a clay. Clay is like, go and wash. The man came back saying, Jesus said, that is my work. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. In other words, it is the pleasure of Jesus to do good for you. To walk in your life. To bring you out of that situation. To give you healing. To give you deliverance. To bring freedom to you. Somebody, he will visit you tonight. He will walk his walk in your life tonight. He will bring you help tonight. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. So I'm sure that, you know, just the way we are, human beings, the way we reason, we always think that somebody must have done something for something to happen to them. But Jesus established the fact that, you know, sometimes people don't really have to do things for things to happen. Now, we also understand that there are cases as well where it was because of what people did. And that's why not one size fits all. So when you read scripture, you have to be careful so you don't run with one idea and you just think you find the whole Bible. No. Because there are also cases where Jesus had to pray for somebody and say, son, your sins be forgiven you. In other words, on this occasion, it was what you did that brought it. 
Because there are cases that we need to understand, understand this. There are cases where people didn't do anything, but it just happened. But there are cases why the reason people are going through what they are going through is because, in fact, one time, Jesus met a man and prayed for him. When he finished, he said, go and see no more. Least the worst thing happened to you. In other words, it was your sin that brought it. I have dealt with it. I have given you freedom. Live right now. Otherwise, it will be worse. So there are cases where it's because of what people have done that brought them to the kind of life they are living. But the good news is this. Whether it was done by you or it was not done by you, when you come to Jesus, victory is shown. When you come to Jesus, he gives you forgiveness. When you come to Jesus, he because whom the man that came, one of them was the one that was uh, 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 they removed the roof. I think who was teaching us the other day, Jehovah's Victor. So, you know, the, the, the four men that brought uh, the man that was there, and that's why he said, "Your sins be forgiven. Your sins be forgiven." He didn't care about his sin, but the fact that he came, he says, "Your sins are forgiven." In the same Luke that we are reading, Luke chapter 7, where we are just reading now, the Bible tells us about the woman who came to pour oil on his feet and rubbed it with the hair. The Bible tells us, I believe in verse 48 of that Luke 7, he said, daughter, your sins are forgiven you. So there are cases where he says, and he said unto her, thy sins are what? Forgiven. So if there are also cases where what people are going through is as a result of what they have done. Sin has consequence that's what you got to know sin has consequence and we got to understand that and that's why when you are saved you must understand the importance of living right because sin does have consequence and God doesn't want us to continue in sin after we are saved because it does have consequence however the good news is when the man truly comes to God for help, even the consequence of sin, he will remove it from your life. I wish you would say aloud, amen. Even, you know what, one, one of the things that the Bible says in the book of Psalms, Psalm, Psalm 130, uh, the last verse, uh, NET version, the 130, the NET version. I want you to put that up for us, Psalm 130, and see what the word of God says. It says, he will deliver Israel from what? Did you see that? He says, even the one that has consequence when Israel comes, he will deliver. I pray for you today. If there is anything that has brought consequence in your life, God will deliver you from it. The Lord will deliver you from it. The Lord will deliver you from it. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout amen. You know, the point I want you to see here is that Jesus is compassionate when we come to him it doesn't matter where we are he shows compassion he loves us as long as we are willing to turn he will always bring help somebody I see you receiving help tonight in the name of Jesus the Bible tells us in verse 13 when Jesus saw had you saw the situation the bible says that he had compassion on this woman now i don't know maybe they narrated the story of by divine revelation he knew what was happening and saw that it was this woman's only child but the bible says he had compassion 
Now the Bible didn't tell us that the woman recognized Jesus and ran to Jesus and said, oh, Jesus, help me. Are you following me? We know that the woman with the issue of blood ran and touched Jesus, if I can be touched. You know the story? No blind materials cry, oh, Jesus, that son of David, have mercy on me. But in the case of this woman, the Bible didn't really tell us if there was anything from her part that showed that actually she was crying for help. Perhaps I don't even know, maybe she didn't even know who Jesus was. And he just saw that this man was just coming and they just met. But Jesus had compassion. He will have compassion. The Lord will have compassion on you. In the name of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that he said to her, weep not. Weep not. I came to tell somebody here tonight, stop crying. Don't cry again. You have cried too much. Stop crying. The days of tears are over. The days of mourning are over. The days of weeping are over. I declare a new day for you. I declare the breaking of a new day for you. I declare a new season for you. Receive it in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, he said to the woman, stop crying. How do you tell a woman who has lost her husband? And lost, you know, that's why sometimes when preachers will even talk, I know that you feel like stoning the pastor when he's talking. Does he know what I'm going to do? He's talking, if I, if I. And sometimes people even get angry with the pastor. If I say, just be talking anyhow because he doesn't know what people are going to do. <laughs> but the point is this, what you got to understand God doesn't speak your now. He speaks your future. God doesn't tell you where you are now. He speaks where he's taking you to. And I say to somebody tonight, in the name of Jesus, the Lord is taking you to higher heights. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is bringing you out of darkness, out of weeping, out of sorrow, out of mourning, bringing you to a season of victory, a season of rejoicing, a season of celebration. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. But Jesus said, Weep not. Now, I don't know if she stopped, but still, he said it. Because he knew what he was going to do. Don't weep anymore. The worst will not happen. Mm. 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 That's for somebody. <laughs> he says, The worst. What you are afraid of will not happen. What you think will be, it's not going to happen. Because God is turning it around for you. God is giving you the victory. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy to you that every one of your fear is turned around. In the name of Jesus, I declare to you, the worst will not happen. Your fear will not come to pass. In the name of Jesus, the Lord turn it around for you. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, the Lord turn it around for you in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise this night. Come on, praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the word of God tells us after he said that, he touched the coffin. He touched it. Just one touch. That's all you need. One touch, one touch, one touch. Somebody will cry tonight and say, Father, give me one touch. Give me one touch. Just touch me. 
touch me. Turn it around by your touch. Stop the evil occurrence by your touch. Put an end to the affliction by your touch. Touch me, Lord. One touch. One touch. One touch. Just one touch. It doesn't matter how difficult it may look. Just one touch. One touch. You know, listen. You know, this situation had continued. The woman had known evil all her life. With the husband, with the son now. And they were going to conclude the evil, to bury. But Jesus touched. Hear what? The Bible says, as soon as Jesus touched the people who were carrying the coffin, they stood still. Uh -uh, you can't continue this journey anymore. This journey of death stops today. This journey of defeat stops today. This journey of failure stops today. This journey of fear it stops today. And end to that journey. There is a turnaround for you. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy a turnaround. In the name, I wish I have somebody here who is going to receive what God has given to them. A turnaround for you. An end to that negativity and end to that weeping and end to that sorrow and end to that bad luck and end to that disaster and turn around in the name of Jesus Bible says all of a sudden they stood still you can't go forward not when you receive the touch that evil cannot continue once you receive a touch from God it comes to an end Ah, the Bible says, you know, one time the children of Israel, they were going towards the Red Sea. <laughs> they got to a point, nothing can happen. Moses said, stand still. You will see salvation. Just stand still. You will see this. And you know the next verse, I believe verse 14, he says, uh, Exodus 14, 14 says, he says, you shall not fight, the Lord will fight for you. Can you, say, can you, can you put it for me? Exodus 14, 14. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Somebody, this battle, the Lord take it over tonight. This battle, the Lord take it over for you. From tonight, the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. The Bible says they stood still and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. You can't be dead anymore. Not after this meeting. You are getting up tonight. In the name of Jesus. It will not continue the way it was. In the name of Jesus. I release the gift of faith over this house. I release faith to receive tonight. I release faith by the spirit of God. I release faith upon your life. Receive faith in the name of Jesus. I call your faith alive. In the name of Jesus. I rebuke discouragement. I rebuke fear. I rebuke unbelief. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bible says he said, you know, one of the things that Moses did not do when he said to them, after he said to them, say, stand still and say this after the Lord, you will not fight in this battle. He didn't say anything. Then God said, Why are you crying out to me? Command 
the people that they may go forward. Tell them, go forward. Go forward. Go forward. I prophesy to somebody here tonight in the name of Jesus. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. In the name of Jesus, whatever has held you back from making progress in your destiny, in your life, in the call of God for you, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy tonight. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward in the name of Jesus. You know the good thing about Jesus? Sit down, please. Because the Lord understands the principle of the spiritual, He knew that having touched, you got to open your mouth. And that is why when you come to the house of God, learn to open your mouth. Not only in the house of God, you must open your mouth every time. You close your mouth, you close your destiny. There are many times people, instead of speaking, you are thinking. Don't think, speak. There's time to think, there's time to speak. But when God has put a word in your spirit, don't think it, speak it. If we stay to think everything, whether it makes sense, we will not see God. You saw Pastor Ken's testimony the other day, he was showing vision and the uh, picture of uh, the miracle of God, of their baby. If I was calculating what is in my head, would the word come? You don't think it, you say it. You are not the performer of the world. Ah, the Bible says Abraham knew that what he has spoken, he was able also to perform. The one who gave the word is the one that performs the word. You don't perform it. All he says to you, open your mouth and speak. Professor. He said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the tribal. Ah, prophesy, they are dead. Behold, they are very dead. He says, prophesy, I command you, tribals, live again, live again, live again, live again. Both began to come to both. Both coming to both. Both coming to both. I prophesy to you tonight. Both coming to both. Things are falling in place. Things are falling in place. Things are falling in place. Both are coming to both. In the name of Jesus, the connection is happening. In the name of Jesus, the hand of God is taking it. In the name of Jesus. Baba Mazaki Pelotata Susan Paria Katata Professor Sipaye Katete. I will see the victory. 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 I will see the manifestation. I will see my victory. I will celebrate it. I will not die in this situation. It will not end with evil. It will end with testimony. It will end with rejoicing. It will end with songs of victory. In the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, and yes. It will end with victory. In the name of Jesus. It's going to end with victory. Yes, yes, yes. It will end with victory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. As he said, 
I prophesied. I saw that bones came to bones. Singers came to singers. Moses, everything has happened. I saw a full human man, but there was no breath in it. Then he says, prophesy again. Prophesy again. Prophesy again. Prophesy again. Don't keep quiet. Say it almost happened, but it did not happen. He said, don't give up. Keep prophesying. Say, I thought it would have happened by now. He says, don't give up. Keep prophesying. Keep speaking it. Keep declaring it. Keep confessing it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. My victory is sure. The word of God will come to pass. It will happen for me. It will not fail. It shall be as it was told me in the name of Jesus. Professor! I sense the power of God already. There is a breaking thought right now. Yes, 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 yes. There is a breaking thought. 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 By the power of the Holy Ghost. There is deliverance taking place. There is restoration taking place. There is healing taking place. There is help from above. There is a visitation from God. Somebody receive your visitation now. God say touch from you, Lord. A touch from you, Lord. A touch from you, Lord. Touch me, 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 Lord. One touch, one touch from you, Lord. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Please see if you can sit down. Let's try and wrap this up. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The word of God said, Jesus said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. hear me you got to know what you are prophesying for Jesus did not say every dead person around get up he says young man you this one I am saying to you arise many times where people miss it they don't even know what they prayed about when they left church they can't remember what they asked the Lord to do so it says when you want to prophesy know what you are targeting know where you are sending that arrow know who you are talking to know the situation you are addressing this sickness in my body i say to you cancer die you gotta prophesy he says young man i say to you you arise you arise you arise you're going to say to yourself in the name of jesus arise get up move on succeed make progress go forward says arise arise oh he says and he that was dead sat up 
Hmm? He had. He had. He had. The one that was dead. He had. He had. Ah, you mean he had the voice of God? He had. He had the word arise. He didn't hear the people crying. He didn't hear the mom crying. He didn't hear people wailing his name. But he heard Jesus when he says, Arise! The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Tonight I prophesy in the name of Jesus. Whatever is dead in your life, I call it back to life. Every gifting, every grace, every anointing, every help, every prosperity, every healing, every deliverance, whatever God says is yours, that the enemy killed, I came to prophesy and I say arise, 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 in the name of Jesus. why Jesus who understands this spiritual thing saw a tree and he said no man will hit from you he heard and you are telling me cancer will not hear and you are telling me that immigration will not hear and you are telling me that sickness will not hear and you are telling me that barrenness will not hear and you are telling me that unemployment will not hear I prophesy tonight I say hear my voice hear my voice Jesus. Yes, tonight. Yes. Everything yes. Everything yes. 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 Everything here. That's it. It's breaking forth already. It hears. It hears. It hears. It hears. It hears. It hears. It's my voice. Yes. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Every power of hell, every demonic power, every power of darkness. Tonight you hear my voice. In the name of Jesus, I command you, take your hands of God's people out. Yes, 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 yes. The Holy Ghost is moving already. The Holy Ghost is moving. 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 Somebody receive it. Don't lock yourself up. The Holy Ghost is moving. The Holy Ghost is moving. The Holy Ghost is moving. It's moving. Receive it. Receive it. The Holy Ghost is moving. The Holy Ghost is moving. Wherever you are, the power of God is touching you. The power of God is touching you. The power of God is receiving. Don't resist it. Don't resist it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. There is a breaking fault. There is a breaking fault. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. By the 
fire of the Holy Ghost. I burn out barrenness. I burn out Ayagabagada. I arrest every spirit husband, every spirit wife. I cancel that arrangement. I dissolve it right now by the voice of the Lord. I declare deliverance in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Some of you are holding back. The Lord is moving. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. If you have not yet given your life to God, we suggest you pray the following prayer to accept Christ as your Savior. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. I ask your forgiveness and now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for me to set me free from my sins. Please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit and be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this radio program. If this week's teaching has impacted your life, we would like to hear from you. Please reach us via our email address, radio at cityofgoduk.org or our social media outlets, Facebook, City of God Christian Center, Newcastle, Instagram, COG Christian Center, and Twitter, City of God CC. Please keep a date with us. Same time, same station. God bless you.